Pop's gonna lift us up. Father, thank you so much for the fact that you love us, you call us your children, that uh, you love us unconditionally, and you, you shout out to us through your son, Jesus Christ, you are loved. You are loved. Thank you, Father. Thank you for accepting us just as we are, no matter what we say, no matter what our behavior is. You call us your children. We are loved. We are accepted. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. Uh, man, if there was a theme for tonight and doing life, it would be this, this pressing in of a couple of scriptures. You'd find the first one in Hebrews chapter 10. And, and the gist of it says, let us not get out of the habit of gathering. Okay? And it actually says towards the end, it says, look and think of ways for us to motivate one another for good things. Let, I mean, can you imagine that? And so then another piece of the verse of, in Philippians that I just kind of jammed on the, on the end of it would be, and to do that with the attitude of Christ. Or some versions say, do that in the mind of Christ. Do that like Christ. And so can you imagine just that if you went through a couple of days or just a couple of hours, that if we started just motivating one another to come together with the heart of Christ, and what would that look like? Not for anybody else, but just for you personally. Is that I want you to think of someone right now, when as soon as I ask this question, they'll come on your mind. And my heart is, is that after tonight, you'll make some kind of step to connect with them. Think of someone in your life that you would like to get to know better. Okay? Even if you have to put that person's name in your phone there just for a little bit and just kind of remind yourself because, see, after this, we have all these great good intentions and then when life starts to hit us, it's gone. So just put that in there and whoever that was, after tonight, I hope you make those steps. I hope you think of ways to motivate, to gather with the heart of Christ. Okay? All right. What I want to do is I, I, this first piece of, of tonight, it, um, man, just hang on. Just, just hang on. We're, I mean, just buckle up, strap in, and let's go. You ready? All right, so really kind of the thing where I want to launch us is, is to take you to a setting and then get you thinking and talking here in just for a second. All right, and so the setting is Mary, Jesus' mama, and Elizabeth. Elizabeth is the Elizabeth that was, is the bride of Zechariah, the priest. Zechariah, the one that was in the temple when Gabriel came and said, your son is going to be the one that leads the way. He's going to be the one that heralds. He's going to be the one that speaks out that Jesus is coming. He, he's the one, he's the son that you've been begging for forever. And he's coming. And so just a, a few days later, we're not sure how, what the time is, but then six months later, Gabriel makes that visit to Mary. You remember? And he says, you're, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah. The world's Savior is coming through you. You're going to hold holy. You're going to give birth to salvation. 
And he told her in that scene that Gabriel, he told her, he said, and your relative Elizabeth is pregnant as well. And when you look back in Luke, she couldn't help herself but hightail it to Elizabeth. Because remember, gang, they're living in this world. She was, she was, she was engaged. She was, she was a fiancé to Joseph. And so Gabriel just said, you're going to become pregnant, and Joseph is not the biological daddy. And in this era, that meant death. It wasn't just, hey, that's okay, girl. Don't worry about that. It's going to be okay. They didn't play, man. So she hightails it to Elizabeth. And if you remember the scene, as soon as she walks in, the baby within Elizabeth leaps for joy. Mary couldn't have called ahead and said, hey, I'm coming. She couldn't have texted her. She couldn't have tweeted it that I've just had this encounter with Gabriel. Y'all not going to believe that, but I need some thumbs up. I'm going to be the mother of the Savior. There was none of that. And so she walks into the room. The baby within Elizabeth leaps. Elizabeth says, how am I so blessed to have the mother of the Messiah in my home? Goes on to say she's filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary and Elizabeth, she needed a me too. What did he say to you, Elizabeth? This is what Gabriel said to me, Elizabeth. Do you believe that with me? Yes, I do. And so here's where I want to get you thinking just for a second. We know that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months. What did they talk about? You see, because... Let me take you down the road here a little bit further. You see... When Mary goes into Elizabeth's home, that's the home of Zechariah, the priest. Remember, he couldn't speak until his boy was born. But I believe for years and years and years, with Elizabeth being the bride of a priest, you never stop being a priest, do you? And so for years, maybe some of the conversations went down like this, you know, Zachariah would be at the temple. <laughs> He'd come home. Elizabeth's there doing whatever Elizabeth's doing, probably preparing the meal. I mean, it was just constant role of life, man. They weren't kicked back watching TV. They weren't watching Biggest Loser. They weren't Facebooking it. And so Elizabeth's just doing what Elizabeth does. And so Zachariah would come home after a long day at the temple. Hey, hon, how was your day? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of guilty feeling people out there. They're sacrificing things all over the place. Really? What'd y'all, what'd y'all do? Well, we, we had to sacrifice 100 pigeons, had burnt offerings, sacrificed a couple of lambs. We even had a bull today, Elizabeth. Can you believe that? We sacrificed a bull today. 
And so maybe Elizabeth in, in the life would go, now, tell me why we do that again? Zechariah, why the bull? Why do we have to sacrifice the bull? What does that represent? So I believe because Zechariah had breathed life into his bride for so many years and she back into hers, that in that setting with Mary and Elizabeth, I believe as they were doing life, I believe that Elizabeth was helping Mary realize exactly what Jesus had, was coming to fulfill. I mean, take a look here, gang. I mean, here's some of the offerings that they had to do. There were five main offerings throughout the year. Okay? This is not counting the, the seven uh, annual feast. So in your calendar year, if you were Jewish and you were following God, there were these seven annual feasts. Those were the biggies. And then in between that, there was these, these uh, uh, offerings. Three of them, uh, let's see, three voluntary, no, two, three were voluntary and two were mandatory. Think about that just for a second. What in your life do you feel or have you made mandatory in your world to be good with God? Is there something in your life that you've said, man, if I don't hit this, I'm kind of out of sorts with God? Well, in this day, that was real. I mean, here's the burnt offering, the peace offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, and the trespass. What if someone came up... So here's the big annual feast. I'm going to kind of go... I'm going to skip around here. It would have been... So, Mary, here's what weeks of Pentecost means through your son, Jesus. It means that He is signifying a people of God. That those through Jesus will be recognized by Him. Mary. That's why you're carrying Him. That's why God through the Holy Spirit has conceived His child through you. And so in that, when He's born and when He dies and in the resurrection, here's what he, he, He's going to... In the unleavened bread, Mary, you remember going to that as a little girl? And she's still a child, really, gang. She's 13, 14, 15, maybe. And so maybe she's like us. Is there anyone in the barn that... It, if, they, if someone came up to you and said, hey, could you kind of explain this sanctification thing to me? <laughs> Would we be looking like, man, I really, whoo, boy. I'm <laughs> hungry right now, you. <laughs> We'd be out, right? And so maybe Mary was like, you know, she goes, yeah, I remember going to that. I remember my mom and dad taking me to the temple and we would carry animals with us. Or maybe she was having a mom and daddy that just sewed it into her so much that she knew what it was all about. And maybe that's why she said yes. I don't know. But I don't believe it's a far stretch for Elizabeth to have coached her up in the fact of going, Mary, do you really understand what Passover means? Your son's the lamb. <laughs> He's the final lamb, Mary. 
Elizabeth, what, what does atonement mean? What does it mean for us to, to bring our first fruits? What does it mean for us to have mercy? And so maybe as they were preparing meals, that Elizabeth and Mary, as they were doing life, that they were already encouraging one another to meet and do it in the mind of Christ. That all their have-tos were about to go away through Jesus and they were going to get to. What was their common ground, gang? What was Mary and Elizabeth's common ground? Let me hear you. Jesus. What else? They were both pregnant. Yes. What else? Yes. What else? Hmm? Yes, relatives. Anything else? Had deep need for connection. Yes. Yes. Life was about to get them. Both found favor. They were both in a culture that women were not highly regarded. Amen. They needed me too's, didn't they? There was safety, there was comfort in being with someone that could relate and not think that you were just absolutely out of your mind. So that person that you were thinking of, why did you think of them? What is it about that individual that has, has a desire within you to roll and to get to know them better? What's your common ground? What's your commonality? What is it about them that makes you want to be with them? Here's what I want us to look at. Go ahead and flip over to Hebrews 10. One of the things as you're flipping over there, do you think Mary and Elizabeth and even Zachariah in the, in the midst, I, I bet, man, I don't, I don't think it's a far stretch that Zachariah, I mean, I bet his body language was going all over the place. History was changing in his presence. And he's got the mother of the Messiah in his home. And he, being a priest, knows what it means to be the high priest on day of Passover. The week of Passover. He was close, remember? He was as close as, he could, as anyone was ever going to get to the Holy of Holies when he was doing the burnt offerings. And the burnt offerings was, in a, was a table that everything was burnt up to be a sweet aroma, to be a sweet fragrance to Christ. And he was on the scene when Gabriel said, He's coming. Everything you guys have been doing for years is about to be fulfilled. Now here's the thing, gang. His job will be eliminated when Christ empties the earth. Because in your yes, you just become a high priest. Therefore, Christ said, we will not lord it over them. So He knew more than anyone what this meant. And so Mary, she would have known what these words would have meant. I believe they had some of the most intense prayer life 
ever for three months. We don't know for sure if she was on the scene when John the Baptist was born, but I believe she was. How do you not stay there to have Elizabeth give birth to that child that you know is going to be the one that, that prepares the way? Can you imagine that celebration? Can you imagine that fear? You see, Elizabeth was able to celebrate her pregnancy. When Mary gets back, she's very pregnant by now. And the world is crashing in on her. What about Joseph? The world's crashing in on him. I wonder who his go-to buddies were. Who were the men that stood in there with him and said, Dude, I believe you. I know as crazy as it sounds, but for years my mom and daddy have been telling me a Messiah is coming, and I believe He's coming through your bride to be. <laughs> I'll hang in here with you. I won't drop the rifle. Let's go. It meant their livelihoods, gang. Faith wasn't fake. They believed. They lived out everything that they knew to be true. And so they had to be secure in who they were. In Him. In Him. Not in their own strength. So Mary would have understood these words. Look at Hebrews 10, verse 8. She was I don't think she was on the scene when these words were... I'm not sure when Mary passed away. These words were written between 60 and 90 after... Verse 8 says, First Christ said, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. Then he said, Look, I, this is Jesus, have come to do your will. It means he's, I'm coming to do what you want to have done, God. He, being Jesus, cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Who makes you holy, gang? Jesus. Come on. That's not a trick question. Who makes you holy? Jesus. Absolutely. And so in your coming together with someone, in your doing life, that's the centerpiece. Everything else flows from there. Everything. My first commonality is that we love Jesus. We know that we are made holy by His sacrifice. I don't have to do a thing to stay in good graces with Jesus. The reason that I'm wanting to love on kids is because He's blown that desire into my body. There's other folks that like to do that, so we're going to hang out and we're going to live life. We're going to do life together. We are going to motivate one another and think of ways to be able to get that done in the heart of Christ. He goes on to say in verse 21, he says, And since we have a great high priest, he's talking about Jesus, who rolls over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. Anyone ever feel guilty about anything? I'm the only one. One, two, three, four. Okay. Ah, there's a few more. Yay. See, I needed me twos. That's an example of going, had everybody just kept their hands down. Guess who would have started hiding from you? Me. We search for commonality in it. So is my guilty conscience based on truth? 
Christ has sprinkled you. Christ has covered us. Christ has cleansed us. There's healthy guilt which says what I did was wrong, but I'm still good with God. Let us hold tightly. 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. And here's where it is, verse 24 and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Do you see the significance of coming together with others? When you're in a group of folks that you're comfortable with, what does that do for you? Let's hear you. Why is that fun? Why is that good? Feeds me. Recharges. Recharges. Assurance. Hmm? Assurance. Effortless. Yes. Effortless. Effortless. Yeah. Easy. That's good. Motivating. Accountability. Accountability. What else? It's easier to open up. Easier to open up. Joyful. It's joyful. Is it always easy, gang? No. Now, if we ever said anything here, we've said it here a ton of times. If there's not healthy conflict in our group, someone's lying. Are you hiding from each other? And the only control I have is me not being that. And so in our living life together, I believe that our first century brothers and sisters, they had to do it to a place where they knew each other's weaknesses. Where they knew where each other would kind of get stumbled along. And so they could come up to them and say, Hey, Bivo, don't worry about that one. I know that's not good for you. I got it. It's a piece of cake for me. And so they came together in their commonality. They motivated one another through Jesus Christ that we're going to get together and have it and do it with the heart of Christ. It was the only thing that led them to be able to serve people in the first century that the government would not serve. I mean, it's in the history books. The, the kings were saying, I can't compete with their love. They're talking about us. <laughs> They're talking about people that love Jesus. They're getting whacked for doing it. Oh, we got to keep going. Philippians. Let me start to wind us up here just a little. I want to motivate you for next steps. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Before we read, remember the centerpiece is Christ, right? In our coming together, the centerpiece is Christ. Our commonality and how Christ has blown desires in us to believe Him out. Help us come together. And what that does is sometimes as families, we get so many different circles going of these different groups, we just can't keep up. And so, man, we've been talking with a bunch of different men. We had a great time Saturday 
down in the room downstairs. And, and we're saying as, as men, as we go, every encounter that we have is a discipleship moment. It's a give and take. Give and take. Give and take. Every moment, gang. Especially if you're hanging out with someone else that has believed in Christ, you're having church right there. So take away the barns for a little bit and ask yourself these questions and ask others as you come into their being. It's in Philippians. It's, verse, it's in chapter 2, verse 1. It goes, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? So think about that just for a second. How would you explain your encouragement for belonging to Christ? Let's hear you. Practice here. How would you do that? Alright, He gives me peace. I'm loved. I'm loved. I'm accepted. Amen. What else? Yes. Why is that important? Why is having peace, loved, and accepted important out there? Because out there it's conditional. Mm-hmm. You can't give away what you don't have. I don't, bro. Cannot give away what you do not have. What about the next part of it? It says, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? I'm asking myself these questions as I've read these verses. I put my name in front of them. I went, Bivo, is your heart tender and compassionate? My response, sometimes. <laughs> Anyone else? Me too. There's six of us. Right. <laughs> I'm starting to think I gotta find a different bunch. <laughs> it says Biffo, are you selfish? Bivo, have you tried to impress others? Bivo, are you humble? Bivo, are you thinking of others better than yourself? Bivo, are you looking out only for your own interest? Sometimes. A lot of times. You see what I'm saying? And so there's your filter. And then when you get together with other folks, you start rolling those questions through your filter. Bivo, are you taking interest in others? Yeah. Bivo, do you have the same attitude that Christ had? Wow. Man. It's a beautiful place to be, gang when you don't pretend that we're always hitting it. If we're always hitting it, there would be no need for Mary to carry holy in her belly. If we were always hitting it, there would be no need for Christ to have gotten Himself on the cross. If, there was, if we could always hit it, there would have been no need for Him to come off the cross, go into the earth, and come blasting out three days later to tell us die. It is finished. There would have been no need. So that releases you to not have to fake it. Then you get to show a world that you are living out who you believe you are. And who are you? You got it. Who are you? Ah, come on. Who are you? Amen. All right. So here's your here's your action plan. Over the next few weeks, you're going to see different people roll in through up here. And they're going, to show, they're going to share with you how God has blown into their DNA how to live life with folks. How to do life. Gang, you've got to hear me here. 
It's their DNA. The way that Deb and I, we, the way that Deb and I live life, that's our DNA. You're not supposed to copy that. Remember, the, the center is Christ. How and where is He wanting you to do life with folks? Go do it. That's why a lot of people ask, say, man, I want to get, I want to get more connected within the refuge. I say, okay, cool, come on. I said, but we don't have programs here, bro. If you want to get connected with refuge, you're going to get connected with people. What do you love to do? What do you love to be about? I know a few folks that like that. Let me get you with them. Right? That's what it's about, gang. So over the next few weeks, you'll see folks coming up and doing that. Before you do that, that person that was on your mind, I want us to pray over them right now. And you ask God, the Holy Spirit within you, Lord, what's my next step? What's holding me back, Lord? Am I thinking of myself more than others? You just go back and look at that, and you go, man, Father, You have released me through the empty tomb of Christ. I am free to be. starts with relationships. It starts with relationships that are willing to meet and encourage one another and remind each other that you have the mind of Christ. You have a new DNA when you said yes to Him. It's His blood flowing through you. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank You for who You are in our life. Father, I for us to release one another and to, to help one another connect to different people according to, Lord, how You've blown life into them and their likes and their dislikes and their commonality. Father, of people that are willing to live life without a mask that says I'm fine all the time. Lord, to live life knowing that our circumstances don't identify us, that, that Lord that we are co-heirs, that we are ambassadors, and that, Father, that we have resurrection power within us to get us through all of the crazy that life deals. So as we continue to worship, Lord, we're going to um, participate in, this, in, in dinner together. It's called the love feast. It's called communion, the Eucharist. And, and Father, it represents Your body and Your blood that, that You sacrificed once for all time. There will not ever be another sacrifice, Lord. You have fulfilled that. And so just as I believe that Elizabeth and Mary celebrated together the fulfillment of everything that You had promised was coming to be through Jesus Christ. Let us too celebrate in that fashion with one another in this moment. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen.